This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. We'll see. I mean, he's definitely going to play running back. I mean, he's really, really talented at running back. So, you know, we'll, we'll have the good thing is we have guys that can do that now. They can be receivers and running backs. And, you know, that's what we've wanted to do when we got here is to recruit those type of hybrid type players that Coach Frost had at Oregon, what we had at UCF, and now here at Nebraska. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washa, Nate Klaus, and Husker Online intern Mike Wheeler. That was running backs coach. Ryan Held discussing kind of the plans for Wondell Robinson about him potentially playing some running back and receiver as uh, the little bit of practice we did see. We saw him in the backfield, but let's get to the mailbag, Mike. What, what do you have this week to start us out? All right, so right off the bat here, uh, we had heard, we've heard lots of talk this week about being on the on the roster, the 110, and what players have access to. But can you guys break down what players get and can participate in based on the 110? Well, if you're not on the 110, you can't be a part of anything. You can't even, and Nate might correct me on this, you can't even use the, the workout facility and come around practices and watch as a spectator. Um, so it, it is, it's a blow. If you're a guy that's not injured and you don't make the 110, it is a crushing blow because that means you don't get to join the team in any type of activity until the first day of classes. And that's when fall camp's typically over. Sometimes there's like another week of camp when classes begin just depends on the schedule and the calendar. Um, but, yeah, the fall camp players, I mean, it's, it's a 14-hour, 13-hour type day. And, and, Nate, you could probably speak on it more than anybody. I mean, typically guys get there in the morning and early, and they may not leave till 8, 9, 10 o'clock at night. Well, that's how it used to be for sure, uh, especially with the afternoon practices. Now, I, I don't know if it's quite as, as long of a day now under the, the current structure uh, that that Coach Frost brought to the table uh, as it used to be, but it's still. I mean, regardless, it's still a grind. Um, it's now, still twelve hours. Probably. Yeah, probably. Now, I think with uh, as far as injuries go, you know, I, I know that uh, I believe it was Ryan Held said that that a guy like Ronald Tompkins is still able to be around. He's still able to get treatment and and still you know able to to do whatever he needs to do coming off of his uh, his knee injury that he suffered last year. Um, you know, I, I don't think he can be at practice, uh, but I think he can still kind of be around the facility. Uh, but yeah, for the most part, if you're not on the 110, that's uh, I mean, it, you're you're pretty much you're pretty much at home doing doing not much of anything. Um, you know, as far as uh, well compared to your teammates in, until school starts. It's really tough, Nate, though, when guys like especially like a later walk on going to his fourth fifth year, hoping to get on the 110. I mean. And then you're told you're not. I mean, it's, it's more or less a ticket that you're not going to play. Yeah, it means that you're not even – not only are you not going to play, but chances are that, that uh, you might not even be, you know, all, all that – you know, might not factor into the the mix as a as a main scout team guy um, all that much, or, or that you're not even going to see any time on any on any special. Now, Jared Mastoval like wasn't on the 110 last yep. year. Sat, sat in the bleachers for the first couple games with guys that even weren't good enough to be suited up, and then he ended up leading Nebraska in special teams tackles. So there are rare stories, mm-hmm. but it's rare. Yeah, it, that does not happen all that often, and. Um, and tip your hat to Jeremiah Stovall for for making that happen. But for the most part, yeah, if you're not on the 110, that's the the writing is on the wall. You're you're either very young and and just kind of you know walk on getting into the program, or or you're an older guy that's definitely on the outside looking in. So now moving over to a former Nebraska recruit, once a Husker, always a Husker. Whatever Woo-hoo! happened with uh, Dominic Watt? <laughs> 
So whatever happened with Dominic Watt? Well, he's still at Garden City Community College. Now, last year with, with uh, uh, Diedrich Mills and, and um, uh, Charles West, you know, the Garden City had two of the top three rushers in all of junior college football. And so uh, there were not a whole lot of passes being thrown. I think he had like – I think he had 16 catches on the year. Or maybe it was like eight catches and uh, like 12 um, – uh, you know targets or, or whatever regardless he he, he did not uh, did not catch the football a whole lot was not featured a whole lot now I think that's going to change now that there's a new head coach at Garden City um, you know and, and probably you know well I know for sure a different quarterback I don't know you know who that quarterback is or if he's a passer or what but um, you know I, I think that Nebraska is still looking at him he came to the Friday Night Lights camp and, and did pretty well um, they're obviously searching for a bigger bodied wide receiver in this class uh, right now Omar Manning you know the the Juco wideout out of uh, Kilgore Community College who's like 6'3 215 220 pounds uh, he seems to be the that main target that they're looking at but um, you know I think there's a chance that, that Dominic Watt could end up getting a scholarship to Nebraska but that has not happened just yet all right what do you got next Mike all right, so sticking with the theme of recruiting, which current Husker football players are considered the top recruiters when they're hosting high school players on campus? Well, it, it probably depends on who you ask. I know uh, last Monday I was able to talk with uh, Caleb Tanner, and he said that he's one of the best. Uh, and he mentioned Katarian Legron and Andre Hunt as two other guys that, that are really good. Um, and I know those guys, they take a lot of pride in their ability to, to recruit and, and they have fun hosting players, especially players from, from around you know their, their home area. So Caleb Tanner and Katarian Legron in particular, those guys coming from the Atlanta area, uh, they, they love it when, when guys from Georgia are up here. Um, but uh, you know those are three players that I think are all pretty good uh, at, at, uh, at recruiting. You know, Adrian Martinez was involved last year, I know. Um, and that's one thing that, that pretty much every recruit that, that was around Adrian, you know, they mentioned, yeah, I got to hang out with Adrian Martinez this weekend. And, um, you know, and, and he, you know, he was basically told me, told me what's going on and told me the plan. And, and those guys, I mean, that, that made a big impression when, when you've got a talent like that and, and he's the quarter, starting quarterback on, on the team and he's hanging out with the recruits and whatnot, uh, you know, that made, a, that made a big impression. But, you know, I, I would say, Caleb Tanner, Katarian Legron, Andre Hunt, those are those are three of your your probably, you know, top five or so players that are good at hosting. All right, what do you got next for us in the mailbag, Mike? All right, so after all the talk from Darian Daniels about the strength and conditioning program, who do you think has more gets more credit for the gains for not just Daniels but uh, every other player? Would you say Duvall or Ellis? It's a combination of both because you need them both. I mean, Anybody that works out hard regularly knows you can go to the gym every day and bust your butt. But if you go eat like crap, your workout goes to crap at that point. So you need both of those things to go together. And there is so much science behind what these guys do. I don't know if Nebraska's had this in a long time where these they've had a combination of people, particularly now when you add that Dave Ellis nutritional element and what he's doing for the players and the, 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 the everything they're doing behind the scenes. It's really incredible. And I think Nebraska and Scott Frost look at this as like, this is how we have to get ahead because 
we don't have the recruiting bases the SEC teams do with the luxury of some of the players they can just get. We have to go the extra mile to take what we get and make it better. Well, that's how it used to be, and that's how it, I think, has to be at a place like Nebraska. Development has been lacking so much in this program for so long uh, that I think that's probably one of the things that's you know kept Nebraska where it's been. And now – you're seeing such a priority being put being put on that stuff, not only just with the coaching, but uh, with uh, the, the summer and winter months. Where I mean, essentially, Zach Duvall and Dave Ellis, they're they're the coaches, you know, because with uh, the the contact that coaches can't have, I mean, those guys are the ones running the team. And uh, yeah, Duvall probably gets you know the bulk of the credit as he should, but um, I don't think that you can sleep on Dave Ellis. There's a reason why Ellis makes about as much or more than Duvall. Yeah. And again, like you said, Sean, I mean, anybody that knows anything about working out knows that nutrition is probably more important than what you do in the weight room or with your conditioning, because that's what transforms your body that you can get strong lifting weights and doing all that stuff, but you become a athlete, but with your, with your diet and, you know, putting the right fuel in your body uh, and, you know, being able to maximize your performance. And so I think that is uh, the balance between those two. You have an elite strength and conditioning program and an elite nutrition program. And that is why, you know, in the opening segment, we talked about um, just how impressive this team looks top to bottom. Uh, I think there's no easier way to look to as, as to why that's happened than those two guys. Yeah, another aspect that, that goes into that too is, is sleep. And I know Dave Ellis is big on that, the sleep and recovery. And, uh, you know, he's wanting guys to get eight, at least seven, eight hours of sleep uh, every single night. And, and without that and eating properly, then you're not able to, to get those gains in the weight room. So, yeah, I think both those guys are intertwined. Any, any gains that, that Nebraska's football team is making – uh, you know, or, or can be you know directed right back to those two. We all need to figure out how to get seven or eight hours of sleep. I yeah. think <laughs> I wish. We, we got time for two quick ones, Mike. What's last? All right. So this was a question that was actually brought up uh, between me and my uh, buddies. But uh, what would be considered a disappointing season for the Huskers in your mind? Ooh, I think it's hard to go off straight wins and losses. But if Nebraska doesn't take what feels like a big step forward. I think they've got to take a step forward and it has to be obvious that this program is moving forward and people think that's where it's going, but yeah, they, they need to get, I mean, I think if they lose to both Wisconsin and Iowa, that would, that would hurt. Um, Minnesota on the road, that's going to be a tricky one. Um, I mean, there's some tricky games on the schedule that will really kind of measure the level of acceptance of what this season will be. Yeah, and I'm going to take the Bill Moose approach and say six wins, go to a bowl game. That is bare, bare, bare minimum. You have to have a postseason. You just I want mean, to go on a trip with me. Well, yeah, of course, everybody <laughs> does. Nebraska wants to go on a trip. Uh, I mean, that's where it starts. I mean, that that is the absolute floor of what this season has to be. I mean, you have to go to a bowl, and that sounds – you know, like no brainer, what duh, but I mean, that's, that's the first step in you know, Nebraska. <laughs> it's been a long time. I saw something, somebody posted on the board that assuming Nebraska wins on August 31st against South Alabama, it'll be their first time over five with a 500 record uh, over 500 record since the Illinois game in 2017. Think about it, that's over 700 days since Ooh. they've had a, a record above 500. Yeah, that's humbling. Yeah. Well, so the last four years, Nebraska's won, I think, 23 games. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's where it starts for me. I mean, you can talk about competing for the West Championship, going to Indy, all that stuff. But 
finish over 500 and go to a bowl. That is the absolute floor for what I've defined as a successful season. Yeah, anything anything under that or less than that, I think would be a huge huge disappointment. But yeah, I, I agree with both you guys. There's, I mean, you have to you have to make it to a bowl game and you have to capture some of the momentum that I think is building. You you've got people across the the country who are starting to talk about you and and are are kind of keeping an eye on Nebraska, you know, and, and pointing to you to take that next step. So now, I mean, that has to happen. And if it doesn't happen in year two, um, you know, I, I think now all of a sudden uh, you're, you're starting to starting to wonder why or, or starting to try and figure out, okay, what's, what's really going on here? Final question, Mike. All right, so with fall camp now here, I love getting to hear your guys' stories. What are some quick stories you guys have for us? Well, we told some good ones last week, Nate. Um, I'm trying to decide if I want to go Harrison Beck or – Harrison Beck, please. Okay, Harrison Beck. <laughs> well, Nate, Nate's got some good like stories he could share off air, but this is one we, you know, I'll never forget this day. It was probably one of the more drama-filled days I've had covering a fall camp practice. It was a Saturday, two a day, and we got to do interviews um, after the practices were over. And Harrison Beck was upset going into the 2006 season that he wasn't getting very many number one reps in Bill Callahan's practice. He thought he deserved reps over Zach Taylor, who ended up being the Big 12 player of the year that year. So at lunch, he starts asking guys in the locker room during the break, if you were to drive back to Florida, how would you do it? And so guys were like, well, you'd go to Kansas City, then St. Louis, and then Nashville, and, and, and work your way towards Atlanta. And he's like, okay, next thing you know, Harrison Beck got in his car, after lunch and just drove to Florida and just left. And nobody knew like where he was going, what was going on. And Bill Callahan addresses the media after practice. And I want to make this announcement. Harrison Beck is missing. We're genuinely (laughs) worried about his whereabouts and we do not know where he's at. And Steve Sipple, my good friend from the Lincoln Journal star the Beck family, Evelyn Beck was her name, his mother, did not know where Harrison was at. And he calls her like in that moment. And she just goes off and calls out Zach Taylor, calls out the locker room, Oof. says Harrison's getting screwed. Well, Harrison was a young, immature kid, and he wanted to come back to Nebraska, honestly. But because of those comments his mom made to the paper, um, it, it made it impossible for Jay Norvell and Bill Callahan to let him back in that locker room. So I call when it was official that he got his release. I got a hold of Harrison Beck's high school coach to get that story. And I already forget what his name was, but he said, yeah, it wasn't for those comments in the Lincoln paper. They would have let him back. But because that reporter called um, and got those comments and, and obviously Nebraska's better off without Harrison, but it, it led the journal star was pretty upset that we ran the comments on Husker online. And that would, that it would, they were factual comments. That's why he was not allowed back at Nebraska because of the comments, but it was a crazy deal because he just got in his car and drove for 24 straight hours to go back home. Man, that dude. Yeah. Wow. Well, the crazy thing about it, his his parents didn't even know. I mean, his mom That's and his insane. stepdad, they had no idea that he was, that he had left. And so, I mean, that was the, the crazy thing about it all is that absolutely nobody had any clue <laughs> what had happened. Um, yeah. And, and that's, I mean, that's not the first time. I mean, when he was here for quarterback camps, um, you know, there was always some, some trouble involved or, or he was always kind of a handful then, um, you know, along with Josh Freeman and Ryan Mallett to, to uh, NFL quarterbacks. You know, I, I busted those guys sneaking out of the dorms one night trying to hook up with uh, volleyball campers 
Um, but yeah, I mean, fall camp stories. Um, you know, I'm I always remember like Maurice Purify when he first got here. Um, you know, it was it was somewhat of a similar situation to that of Jakeem Green, where he was taking an online course. I think it was a it was a math class through online math class through BYU and. And Maurice Purify, I mean, he had to pass this class. And so I remember during practices, uh, Purify was up in the football offices, and I had to, like, make sure that he was in the office taking this math class and, like, actually doing it not, like, sleeping at the computer or, you know, because it was on a deadline, and he had to he had to cover, like, six chapters in, in like, a matter of hours. And uh, <laughs> Did Callahan ask you about it always? How's the class going, Nate? Well, yeah, well, <laughs> something to that effect. Uh, but, yeah, so, uh, I mean, between Callahan and, uh, and Coach Wagner and, and those guys, I mean, they were on, they were on Purify hard because uh, he, had to, he had to pass that, and, and he just barely did it and was able to, to uh, um, obviously go and compete. And, and once he got down there, even though he had missed – I forget how many fall camp practices he missed, uh, but it was like – unreal the guy had not worked out all summer long hadn't done anything he stepped on the football field and and guys were like holy cow like who is this guy like this is unbelievable he won them the north by that catch he yeah. made at texas a&m yeah. yep i don't have anything that good but uh i remember when uh it was one of the open practices when alex lewis and randy gregory were going head-to-head for the first time that was in spring ball that was in spring okay so that didn't even count Anyway, I was going to tell a story about like them just going like head to head and they got chippy because as we all know, Alex Lewis has a bit of a temper and Randy Gregory was whipping him, like just blowing by him, getting to the quarterback and Alex was, was getting heated and heated and heated. Fights were breaking out and it got to the point where they like had to take Alex into the equipment shed and basically have like a sit down like therapy session with him to cool him down and like Barney Cotton I think was yeah, Barney Cotton is experiencing that. I mean, he was Richie Incognito's yes. controller back then. And just like uh, the <laughs> that was a, a real glimpse of things to come with Alex Lewis and his inability to control Rick himself. Kaczynski just lit into Alex Lewis. Like when Alex Lewis was cheap shotting, yes. they're all Big Ten. I mean, Randy Gregory led the Big Ten in sacks as a newcomer the year before. And he goes, I mean, Rick Kaczynski, football coaches can cuss a lot. Some do and some don't. But Rick Kaczynski cussed a lot. And I mean, there was a lot of F words going towards Alex Lewis. Like, who the F do you think you are? What the F are you doing? <laughs> It was it was pretty good stuff, but all right, I, I'm going to put a rule in. Um, fall camp story time has to continue for the rest of the mailbags. I think so. Yeah, through at least through camp, because I do think the listeners and we did go like two segments here, so this is going to be the end of the show. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> worth it. We yeah, basically it. did a double segment here. So for anybody hoping to hear about the newcomers, we talked a lot about them, but we are way over time here. As we'll get it next week. Like always, fall camp story time runs a little long, but we make it good for everybody listening. So thanks again for joining us here on another edition of the Husker Online Show. Thanks again for joining us this week on Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics.